Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere, life on the far northern edge of America. I'm Lou. I'm Andy. And I'm Jamie. It makes a lot of weird noises. Today, we say goodbye to science. Yeah. Science? Science. Science. <laughs> Is in the science. past. The age of science is over. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's on its way out, man. The world is no longer ruled Get by with science. It, Andy. Science had a good run, but <laughs> you know, yeah. we just we learned we didn't need it. We just yeah. do what we want. Turns out we can just decide what's true. We're also going to be talking about the weird world of Cirque du Soleil and the Phantom's ability to make fire. <laughs> My dad had built like the kind of fire that, like pagans have when they want to burn somebody. You know. <laughs> We're going to discuss summer camp which led to Jamie's brief stint as a monkey observer. Monkey B picking nits out of monkey C. For four yeah. hours. Yeah. All coming up on Bridge from Nowhere. You have a funny Cirque du Soleil story, don't you? I do, you? actually, yes. <laughs> well, what happened? You were in Vegas? Is that I was in was? Las Vegas, where the Cirque du Soleil, that's where they live. And, um, and I went to a show with my very good friend, Susie, and... We had been playing the blackjack all afternoon and doing very well, actually, astonishingly well. And when you play, when you gamble anywhere in Las Vegas, as many people probably know, they will bring you the free drinks, whatever you like. And at the place I was at, it was called the Barbary Coast. It's no longer there. You and yeah. I looked for it. And yeah. we did. It was did they gone. have apes? No, sadly. Well, ah. I was there. The Riviera <laughs> is also gone. Yeah. You the know. Riviera and the Timothy O'Shea's. But, I mean, the Riviera where we played. Oh, the Riviera's gone, too, where we won craps. craps. That had the butts on the outside. Oh, uh, yeah. All That's gone. sad. It's too raised. bad. Vegas is changing, man. It's changing. I um, hate to see it. We played, uh, I played blackjack all afternoon, and I was doing really well. I won, like, hundreds of dollars. So I just sat at the blackjack table, and they were bringing me uh, drinks. And I had convinced them that, like, a Boilermaker was a drink. So I would get a Jameson and a beer every time they came around. Because they didn't <laughs> wow. care. It was the Barbary Coast. I was a young man in these days, a too. A Jameson and a beer yeah. for your free drink, which is usually watered down, well, yeah, boom. whatever. Yeah. So I sat at the table for four or five hours. And then, you know, it's heavily oxygenated. I was winning, a lot of adrenaline. And then we were like, we're going to Cirque du Soleil. And I stood up, and that was it was this proved surprisingly <laughs> difficult. <laughs> <Yeah>. So we, <laughs> we made it there, and, you know, I weaved my way through the lobby, even though there was no one there. And, um, and then we got in, and we... And I was like, I'm really hungry. I'm going to go get some popcorn. So I went and got a big bucket of popcorn. And Susie had gone to our seats. And I was walking back, and I had this big bucket of popcorn. And Cirque du Soleil has these clown-like figures that wander around <laughs> the audience beforehand. So anyway, I have this big tub of popcorn, like a tub of popcorn that you kind of have to have your arms around, you know? It was really big. And, um, a carnic size. And the clown, <laughs> oh God, this clown-like figure, and it's not like, you know, with the hair and the nose. It's just like a, I don't know, it like, looks like a weird Frenchman. nymph creature. Like a weird Frenchman, actually. A weird, a weird very ashen-looking Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I can, which I up, immediately knew was a clown in yeah. Cirque du Soleil land. And it wanders around and it goes like, meep, 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 meep. It makes a lot of weird noises. God, I hate those damn clowns. And there's a lot of, like, you're in this big thing, and I'm walking with my popcorn, and this thing comes up to me, and I've had, you know, I'm going to say, the over-under is probably 10 Boilermakers over the afternoon. 10 Boilermakers. Rolling around in you. Just sloshing around in me. Hey. And, uh... And this thing comes up, meep, 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 meep. And, like, I was on the aisle, like, it's stadium seating, so there's, like, a lower section and an upper section and kind of a... 
like a gangway in the middle or whatever. So like you're right in the middle and everybody's watching the clown, right? So like spotlights, spotlights following me. People are getting their seats. Everyone, hundreds of people are watching the clown interact with me, and I'm standing there with my popcorn, you know, swaying, and the clown's <laughs> going me beep warp, me beep warp, and like pointing at stuff, and I'm just looking around, and then suddenly the clown isn't there anymore. And I look down, and I don't have any popcorn anymore either. And I look around, and everyone <laughs> is laughing at me. How did it take it from I you? I don't Ashton know. Ashton Frenchman stole your popcorn. I don't know. And I went back to my seat, and I was like, I, they took the popcorn. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I saw. Yeah, everyone saw. So she everyone said, I'm going to go get us some food. What do you want? And then my lovely friend Susie went and got us, like, some food because I was so hungry. <laughs> Damn clown. You should have clocked them one. I never got my popcorn back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, I went to Blue Man Group in Vegas. Oh, nice! Just a couple of years ago, we went part of the a company party. Really, I never yeah, we, knew that. Oh yeah, the whole company went to Blue Man Group. You all blew yourselves. We did. We did. <laughs> That's we an arrest development joke. Yeah, Sorry, no, everyone. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's a good one though. And yeah. uh, and that was you know it's good, right? It's just like Cirque du Soleil, yeah. right? They got it down. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's so they know amazing. what they're doing. It's yeah. good, but. Uh, yeah, they interacted with us a little bit. It was a little strange. Yeah, I don't know. Did you get blue on you? I did not. I was not blown. <laughs> when I uh, when I lived in Chicago, Blue Man Group started in Chicago. Yes. And it started at a theater that was like three blocks from my apartment. And so I would see those guys like late at night. Blue? Leaving the show. Not blue, but like, you know, kind of like not, not, not blue either. Oh, really? They, it doesn't all wash off in one. Well, they I don't have I, I, my the sense, hottest showers at the at Well, the, I mean, this was the just the, like this crummy theater in Chicago that wasn't like the theater for the Blue Man Group. It was like a theater that this we, upstart Blue Man yeah, Group was starting this upstart in. upstart Blue Man Group was like, we're, we got a theater space. So they would like do the best they could, but you'd see it like on their neck and like on their ear and stuff like that. And these guys just would. walking around the neighborhood. Totally. Yeah. Just to walk into a bar or whatever. Well, I mean, I would just be walking around and you'd see a guy and he'd have like blue on his ear or something. You're like, what the hell? And then you realize, oh, there's a thing. And apparently they paint their. F- I mean, this was like the beginning, beginning. Yeah. Of that. And you're like, oh, it's a bunch of guys. And that was the thing we didn't know. It was like, it's a show where a bunch of guys paint their heads blue. But none of us knew what else happened. We're like, no what? Are they doing Shakespeare? We don't know. You know, yeah. Alas, <laughs> poor York. Yeah. I am blue. I am blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lou, do you, do you have the story I was referring to? Do you know it well enough to tell it? I think we should give him a call and have him tell it. Oh, okay. We'll do that. All right. Who? Aaron or Paul? Paul. Oh, yeah. Okay. But Aaron and Pat were also there. No, they have a different story. Where they went to like the Cirque du Soleil Christmas party, I think, or Halloween yeah, party. Yeah, that's what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, they, they went to the Cirque du Soleil Halloween party. How did that happen? I don't really know. They met some guy in like a used clothing store who was like weird and Eastern European and was like, you come to the show or something. And then they went and then they realized, oh, it's the blue, it's the Cirque du Soleil. And, and he was like, like the set designer, a costume designer or something. I think he was like something. a guy in the show, actually. Oh, he was in the yeah. show. Oh, okay. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know. It's not really a story I Maybe know that well. Maybe he's the crazy ringmaster or something, yeah, wasn't just, he? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, they're basically like old Olympic athletes, basically. And like, you know, people like that, like, what do they do when they're done being Do you Olympians? have a type of show that like, you think like, this is the most annoying show that I would never go to? Oh, man. What's uh, the most annoying type of show? I'm trying to think of like, what really, because clowns are up there for me. I'd like a good clown. I don't. Know. I don't. Oh, I have I have friends. We have friends who are clowns and are talented clowns who I've seen perform. 
I have a daughter who went to clown camp. She yeah. did. And enjoyed it. And and there's clowns in town. I don't, it's just, it just doesn't speak to me. Is it, does it frighten you or is it just, no, you just don't no, care no, for no. it? You it don't just, have the clown fear. They annoy you. Like the it's not, it just annoys me. Hmm. You want to punch them. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> and they're bright. I've never tried. That honks when you smash honking. it. Honking. Honking, honking. Maybe he was speaking French. <sighs> I don't know. I want my popcorn back still. I'll tell you. I know. That, you missed that popcorn. <laughs> oh, You'll rage. never get that popcorn back. It was going to be so good. Oh, man. A big <laughs> man, tub of I was just spilling it everywhere as what I was walking. What did he do with it? I don't know. I mean, looking at, looking at the guy, he didn't go back and eat it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> he was a fit, healthy clown. Nimble. Like Agile, some kind of lemur dexterous. creature <laughs> with clever little hands. A French that lemur. stole my popcorn from me. I mean, it was bigger than, like, if you ever go to the movies here in Juneau and you get the tub. The big tub. It was bigger than that. I mean, it, it was, was a huge. Cirque du size. It was like, I feel like I could have filled it up with water and bathed in it afterwards, <laughs> and I was maybe going to do that, too. Yeah, Cirque du size popcorn. Fill it up with melted butter. Mm, oh, so good. Man. I'm already hungry, by the way. Well, yes. This is gonna be, I'm going I'm to be telling food stories this evening, I think. <laughs> Because I'm hungry. Hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I, all I've had to eat for dinner so far is the Amalga Distillery. Oh. <laughs> so mm, I'm hungry. Delicious. I hunger. Oh, so delicious. Yeah. Yes. I hunger. You ever been to the circus, Lou? I was at a so-called circus at a car dealership in Anchorage in 1986 where they had a baby elephant. Oh. And my God. parents bought these new corduroy pants for me. And we went up to the baby elephant, and its snout went to my knee and left a mark. This snotty, muddy (laughs) elephant snout mark, and it never washed out. So I had this elephant stain on my pants. (laughs) Brand new pants. How old were you? Uh, you were a kid, 86. I think I was five. Yeah. Did you kind of like having an elephant stain on your pants when you were five? Mm, you know, I was ambivalent towards it. <laughs> just remember it. What did it look like? It kind of looked like... Did it have the two holes? And it the... did, yeah. <laughs> it kind of looked like a big pig snout, maybe. Dog-ish. You know, the two holes, round. I don't know why this story doesn't surprise me somehow. <laughs> did other kids say, like, that's not an elephant, that was just a pig snout? Other kids didn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> other kids weren't in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Other kids? What do you mean? Huh? <laughs> well, talking about other kids reminded me of another story that's totally unrelated. Okay. So we had these... Uh, bullies that came by one day and my brother and I were just playing around in the yard we were young maybe three or three and four four or five or something just me and my brother and these kids come over and they start picking us up and throwing us around a little bit just literally picking you up yeah so these kids like, might have been like 11 them. or 12 yeah, or, so yeah. you're just like, like at your house or like in your yeah, neighborhood in the yard but we're that's mean on the side of the house that had no windows and this was a very strange house it was built out of uh it looked normal from the outside but the walls are 14 inches thick made out of concrete oh. 
bags. That's how I say yeah, made out of like, concrete you, bags. Yeah, bags like, that were speared onto rebar. Apparently, the builder was from Spain or something. So my parents couldn't hear anything us yelling or anything. So the way we got rid of them was Chris was they picked him up and suddenly one of the kids went ew ah and dropped him and he, and they looked at Chris and he was crying but his pants were covered in urine. He had a self. Self-defense mechanism there that <laughs> he discovered at that uh, moment, like a sea cucumber. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. And he, he ejected <laughs> like a, urine, like a, like a toad, <laughs> into his sweatpants, which then transferred to the bully. That's the oldest trick of the book. It is. Yeah, like even just very base animals, sea cucumbers, toads, yeah, works every have time. that defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine a higher-brained animal like a human. Easy. Mm-hmm. And that worked. They left. They did. And I remember <laughs> another small feud. This is on Lane Street in Eagle East River. Anchorage. Oh. Kind of a rough neighborhood now. Get used to gunshot sounds. But uh, so there's this kid across the street who we didn't like so much. So we decided to get this. We found a board and we put little stones on it and we made like a seesaw type thing and we stomped on it to launch the stones, the little pebbles, small things over at the next kid. But all it did was launch him straight up and pelted us with him. <laughs> Self-defeating. We Let's weren't the smartest no. of children. Let's you build a trebuchet. <laughs> Catapult. Uh, lesson learned. Um, tell me more about this. There's a house. You lived in a house made of concrete bags. Mm-hmm. Not concrete. The bags weren't mixed with anything. It was just dry concrete bags? They would fill these burlap bags with concrete with mixed with some, concrete yeah and it would harden it would but yes. before they harden it they just throw it on top of rebar and stack them they stacked them somehow wow and it was the weirdest thing i've never seen anything like that before did the burlap you still remember the burlap was part of it oh the reason my dad figured this out was he bought the house and then he was going to extend he was going to open it up a little bit there was a non-load bearing wall that he was going to make the doorway bigger into the sunroom area. And he uh, he had to get a big drill to drill into this. So he drilled a hundred some holes into the thick wall and then hit it with a sledgehammer. And he did, he, he accomplished it. Mm-hmm. He, but, but he sort of discovered that on his... <laughs> I mean, at first you just think it's going to be a wall, two by fours or <laughs> yeah, something, right. interior wall. Yeah, but no, it's uh, some crazy Spanishman, some Spaniards delight. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if that is that building going to be good or bad for earthquakes. Well, that's a good question because, like, you, sometimes you think the sturdier they are, the better, but that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. It might crumble. It doesn't yeah. have yeah. any sway. Is this the place where I've seen like that picture or footage of you, like? As a little kid with a sledgehammer making holes in the wall. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yep. I love that. We're ready to kaboosh. <laughs> and it does nothing. It just bounces off. Yeah. <laughs> go, go. Yeah, that's good stuff. That I like that. Yeah. Any bully stories for you when you were a kid? Any, not ever really. Encounter any bullies? No, not really. Um, not that I can ever remember. Actually, yeah, I never, I never remember of... like in, yeah knowing bullies or. Having that as like a part of my life is lucky, I guess. Yeah. I had the worst one I ever had. I was in fifth grade. That was old. 
kind of older to be bullied. And I went to the Dave Cowens basketball camp. Oh, nice. Yes. Dave Cowens was a center for the Boston Celtics in the 70s. He was Rookie of the Year and MVP in one year, same year. Quit playing basketball to drive a cab. He did that famously yeah. just for a year and then came back and was yep. still great. Interesting uh, guy. But six foot eight guy and, and playing as a center in the NBA. And even then, that was not that big. I mean, he was a, he was a broad guy, <coughs> bright red hair, bright, bright ginger. red hair, ginger all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he an went interesting to his basketball camp. An interesting guy. And I went to the Dave Cowens basketball camp when I was in fifth grade. So I was 11. And I got roomed with a kid who was, I think, a year or maybe even two years older than me, who was just a weirdo. I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily say he was a bully, but he was a weirdo. And he was like a little bit older than me. And he just was kind of bizarre. I remember there was something where he was holding me down and farting in my face or something. Wow. You know, like there was something like that. Oh, no. I can't quite remember even the specifics. I just remember just hating that guy. Yeah. And, and like, did you ever get him back? No, it was just a week-long or two-week camp, so it was just, you know, it wasn't like a summer-long camp or something, and mm-hmm. he was just a jerk. Yeah, the face farter. A little That's bit never good. younger kid and just <laughs> yeah. being mean and I don't know what. Anyway, probably Secretary of Agriculture I was a way or better, something. way yeah. better player than him, though. Well, he probably hated Got you my revenge that. on the court. Yeah. And that, I was, a I was, and this is the thing, like, this is Dave Cowan's basketball camp, right? One of the ba- best players for the Celtics. Really drew in a lot of kids. They had scholarship programs and stuff there. So drew in like really good, good kids who played in Boston, big metropolitan area. And uh, I had no business <laughs> being at that camp, you know, except for I liked basketball. So I went to that camp, and they had a pickup game. And I mean, I remember the whole camp just feeling just outclassed, and like I didn't, you know, I really didn't know. I didn't play on any organized teams. I just went to this camp. Hmm. So uh, so then, like, parent day comes, like, the last Saturday or Sunday when they pick you up, and they have a bunch of games. Oh, and Bob Klein comes. And, and Bob and Carolyn Bob Klein Bob and Carolyn come. Klein come. And yeah. they come and watch. And uh, I remember just feeling like, I don't even know what I'm, you know, and it was like one of the first times they even, like, put me in a game. Huh. You know, like, it was, I was really not, I was really one of the worst kids right there. And I got the ball, and I panicked, and I looked up, and I just, like, threw it at the hoop, just, like, in panic. And it just absolutely swished in. Nice. Wow. I just remember that my entire wow. life. I remember that. Aww. And I just, like, went, woo! <laughs> a victory. Yeah, and I a ran away. for young and Andrew they, Klein. And they pulled me, and then I was it. Yeah. I Unfortunately, it was the other team. <laughs> yeah, sure. It might It could have been, as basket. far as I know. Yeah, it was. You just blacked out after that. But do you remember, like, there was that moment, somehow, some weird moment of clarity where it just, like, I was so panicked that, like, just, like, the instincts of getting it in the in there took over and it just went right in. Nice. Yeah. Wow. A little weird. Any camp stuff for you guys? I used to go to camp all the time. Oh. Camp's the best. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about camp. Cabins and bunk beds and campfires. Let's talk campfires about camp, and Let's baby. talk about camp. Let's Next talk time. about you and me. Let's um, talk about all the camping and the vamping. That may be. Let's talk about camp. Next time on Bridge from Nowhere. Next time. All right. A teaser. Camp.
Good finish. We got Strong. the B. <laughs> <laughs> like I do. <laughs> Jen leaves tomorrow. I'll be doing a lot of that oh. in my giant beanbag chair. Where's she going? Jen's going to Dillingham, Kodiak, Homer, Seward, and Valdez. Wow. Yeah, 10-day trip. Cool. All for Marine Exchange? Yeah, Marine Exchange, Clean Harbor stuff. Um, working, talking to the Harbor Masters, chatting with people. Yeah. Cool. Getting to go to some places I've never been, actually. I've never been to Dillingham, never been to Kodiak. Yeah. Never been to Homer, actually, or Valdez. I'm into uh, all those places except for Kodiak. Huh. I've always wanted to go to Kodiak. Yeah, actually. me too. It seems like an interesting place. Heather lived there for a while and huh. just thought it was awesome. Yeah. She loved Kodiak. Yeah. Kodiak. Hey, uh, we're back, Bridge from Nowhere, summer camps. Welcome back. I'm Jamie. Did we all? Oop. I'm Lou. Oh, I didn't think we were introducing ourselves. I just wanted to say my oh. name. Oh. <laughs> I'm That's Lou. embarrassing, Lou. I know. I'm Jamie. Andy. That's over there. Andy Klein over there. So, so uh, that, you went to oh, summer camp ah. every year? As I remember, oh, oh. yeah. I went to all kinds of summer camps. Zoo camp. Oh, so were and, these day camps or were they well, overnight camps? Well, I went camps? to overnight camps and day camps. Did you? But you didn't go to like a two-month summer camp? No. Okay. No, I did like a week okay. up north somewhere. That's yeah. kind of like... Two months? That's like, what? That's that's the serious... That's camping that happened in New England. That's like, I don't like my kids. Get rid of them that's for the summer. summer. That's summer camp. Wow. That's two, summer camp. Two months just out, like living in a cabin for two months. Well, you're in a camp. Yeah. But yeah. But like in a bunkie. That's wet, hot American summer, all huh, that stuff. Yeah. That's wow. summer camp. Two did you months. do that? I did not do it, but every kid in my neighborhood did it. Here's the story. Hello. <laughs> the story is that I grew up in a um, about 85% Jewish community in outside of Boston. It was called Lexington. So all of my friends were Jewish kids, right? And so I went to bar mitzvahs all the time, all that stuff, right? I'm not Jewish, but all the kids were. And so you like a good bris, <laughs> yeah, right? And so, <laughs> so. 
to a good one. You don't like a bad one. You don't like a bad no, one. Bad one. When, when one's gone, one's gone bad. Yeah. People start looking around yeah, in the that's crowd. A, like, that's an awkward conversation. Yeah, man, after, it feels like it's taken a while. After a bad break. Is it supposed to take this long? <laughs> Four hours is standard, I heard. Yeah. So uh, none of that ever came up, except for it was just interesting to know about uh, a, a, a People's religion. That was interesting. It was interesting was, to hear that Christmas, stuff. like in that neighborhood, was that like you guys celebrated Christmas? We but did. Most people uh, didn't. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that didn't even wasn't register that wasn't like much. a thing that you noticed as a kid. Well, you did notice it because lots of lots of kids early on were getting presents as part and of the seven weren't. days of Hanukkah, yeah. and, and they were building up, and so it was just yeah. But it, everyone was celebrating holidays. I don't remember that being any big deal, other okay. than you just were aware that. Mm. A lot of your friends were celebrating Hanukkah. You were celebrating Christmas. No big deal. But what was very interesting was that one of the people in our neighborhood was the was the family that owned a summer camp in New Hampshire Whoa. called Camp Kenwood. And Camp Kenwood was a Jewish summer camp. So they had a they had uh, services. They you know it was a it was a it wasn't like an overly religious camp, but a lot of the summer camps, especially in the New England area and like upstate New York, they're kind of specific to Jewish camps. Yeah, church camp. Jewish well, yeah. church camp, but yeah. the, but especially there, it's there's Jewish huh. summer camps. It's just a thing, and it's great, and the kids have a great time. And um, but it was really weird because for the first three weeks of every summer, um, everything was awesome. And we had a big community pool, which is a beautiful community pool, and everyone went to this community pool, and a pretty affluent community and neighborhood, so it was, you know, well taken care of, and you know, you remember, I remember like summer romances and all that kind oh, of, yeah. you know, as a little kid, and uh, you know, as a you know, ten and eleven year old, you know, that kind of stuff, and. Uh, but then at about like I can't remember the, I think it was something like June fourteenth or something like that, every year. Every single kid in the neighborhood went to the same summer camp. And you were just alone? And I was alone. Me <laughs> and Regan Honda, <laughs> the Japanese kid. Oh, <laughs> all summer long. His dad worked for Wang. <laughs> it was me and Regan hanging out all summer. Oh, Working man. Year after year. Had the pool to yourselves. Yeah. Had the pool to ourselves. But everyone was gone, and they were all at Camp Kenwood. And for then they, For two months. I mean, they would come mm. back beginning of August. Wow. As I remember, they would they would leave in June and come back beginning of August. Wow. There'd be about two, two, three weeks left of summer, and then they were and Man. then we were in school. I have no memory of any kid I ever knew just disappearing for two months like they that. All went. It's a, it's a little bit of a. I would say it's a. I know it's an East Coast thing. Yeah. It comes out of that, you know. There's lots of pe- lots of affluent people, especially in the East Coast, send their kids off to boarding school. I mean, like the yeah, kids go, no, totally, you know, yeah. and it's a part of prep school. It's part of all that stuff. Huh. And uh, and I, I wouldn't say that was this. Every all these kids were in public school with me, huh. but um, but there was definitely a thing about go off to summer camp, and they all had a blast, and yeah, they all had sure. their all their formative stuff happen there. They'd come back, and all the kids would tell me tales of the girls and of the stuff and of you know fucking smoking weed or you know all that stuff. You wow. know, and what tales would you have with you and Honda? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got a lot of laps in in the pool. No, no tales at all. Another day of lifting rocks and finding salamanders. <laughs> Yay! Another day of playing tiddlywinks. Man, that's like a really, title to an autobiography. Another day really of lifting bad. rocks and finding salamanders. So I remember me and Regan were always like, "Oh man, oh, it's such a bummer." And then the next year, 
Regan goes to Camp Kenwood. And you didn't get and to I, go? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. I guess I could have, but I just knew that it was not a camp that was like kind of made for me. It wasn't. It was a Jewish camp. It was a well, camp for Jewish kids. Yeah. It was specifically a camp for Jewish kids. It really was. You know, it was like that's what that camp was about. It was about that uh, culture and <laughs> that stuff, and you know, which was fine. So and you awesome. were just alone. Then. So then I was like <laughs> All super alone. <laughs> wow, like the last kid in the world. The last kid in the world. Wow. Really roaming around, just you and a dog, <laughs> making friends with squirrels <laughs> and my dog. salamanders. Did you have a dog? I had a dog, Brando. Oh, that's good, Brando. Big German Shepherd. Wow, yeah. you poor kid, it man. Was it was tough. weird. That's... When I think back on it, it was funny, but in a way, it was kind, it's of, kind of a sad story, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> there and there were like literally like every friend of mine was at Camp Kenwood, wow. and, and then they just... come back, and they were all bonded and like best friends forever. And they were like, "Oh, hi, Klein." Yeah, Klein. <laughs> You've just been wandering around the streets oh. alone. Hey, on your bike. <laughs> Yeah. Just Hi. being feral. What you been up to? Nothing. They've had like structure and you know they're canoeing every damn yeah, day. Yeah, they're outside on lakes obstacle and courses. running around yeah. with snakes and obstacle courses. All that and stuff and guidance from guidance counselors and, and man, that's, all kinds of yeah, stuff. Camp was great for that. I only ever went for like a week or two at a time, but yeah. When I was a little kid, I went to a day camp, Camp Thoreau on Walden Pond. Ooh, nice. On the pond. Did you sit and write about how you wanted to live deliberately as a small child? No, I did not. But The woods frightened me at night. I do remember there was an interesting thing there because I was going to camp, and that was when I was really small, maybe seven or eight years old. And uh, so it was in the early 70s, and this was sort of the first movement of ecology and all that kind of stuff. And they had a uh, contest for the—that was like a three-week camp or something. It was a day camp for like three weeks. And they had a contest for what what kid could use the same lunch bag for the longest. Wow. Yeah, That's bring a good their one. lunch to, and every day in the lunch bag for the longest. And I was doing it for about a, five days and I was really into it. And I remember one time my dad asked me, like, what's going on with the you reusing the lunch bag? And I was like, Yeah, it's this thing that's like well, that's unsanitary. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Shut that down. You made me get rid of the lunch bag. It's like, oh, I'm not going to have that. It's unsanitary. You catch a disease. Maybe <laughs> 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 to the lunch bag. Out. So, no. <laughs> so that's my t- sad, sad tales. What about you, man? Fun I just tales. remember camp being just fun yeah. all the time. We went to zoo camp for two weeks every summer. Every day you go to the zoo all zoo day. I've never heard of zoo camp. Go to the Minnesota Zoo, which is a glorious place. Wow. They and throw you in the ape cage? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. There were no apes there, actually, sadly. Oh. There's snow monkeys, which were pretty cool. Yeah. And they would have us do these things like pretend to be scientists, where they'd be like, all right, stand here with a clipboard and observe the snow monkeys and record their behavior, which I loved as a kid. I wanted to be a zookeeper when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And I'd just be standing there with my clipboard going like, monkey A shaking the tree. <laughs> 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 it was just so... I mean, you think back about it now, it's just so nothing, you know. Monkey B picking nits out of monkey C. For four you know? hours. Yeah. Activity continues unchecked. Yeah. Monkey D smells I did with that, on I did with the prairie dogs. And I just, I wish monkey I still e, had those still notebooks. Still throwing poo. Yeah. I did that with the prairie dogs, too. And I, I wish I still had the notebook because it was just like digging. Dogs digging. <laughs> One on alert. But that was fun because they just put in the, uh. the prairie dogs, and there was a monorail. And every time the monorail went by with the prairie dogs, they would freak out. And one of them would – like kind of like the marmots. They're very much like marmots. Like they have a colony with holes, and 
a sentinel and all this stuff, and the the thing would go by, and they'd, one of them would go, rawr, rawr, and then they'd all run into their holes. Do they actually bark? Yeah, they bark, like alarm barks. Like, mm. I think it's three, three short, like, rawr, 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 alarm barks. Mm. They'd all run in their holes, and then you'd stand there, and then one of them would poke his head out, and like, mm, 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 <laughs> look around, right. is the predator gone? And when it come up, and it would stand on its back legs, and it would go, like that, and then all the predators like would come clown. out again. Kind of like the clown. Stole it your sounded power. like that Returning. clown stealing bastard, <laughs> popcorn, popcorn stealing clown bastard. I'm I'm inconsolable and unable to make words. <laughs> Le bastard. Oh, <laughs> Le bastard clown. Le bastard clown. <laughs> Le clown horrible. Eating your popcorn. Oh. But we also went up to like, you know, lake whatever and, and ran around for a week canoeing and, you know, staying in bunks yeah. and putting underwear on the flagpole and all of that. Like, it was so fun. Yeah. And it was... I was a suburban kid, so just to be able to get out like that. I always think about stuff like that in terms of being formative for me moving to Alaska. This idea of, like, there's a natural world out there that we don't really have in the suburbs at all. But it's part of, I think, kind of how I ended up here in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Just just an appreciation for the natural world. And yeah, and exposure to it. My parents were lovely, wonderful people, but my dad was a jazz musician, and my mom was not into the outdoors at all. So my dad would take me out, take us out camping as like our Boy Scout leader or Cub Scout leader because he wanted to do that with me. And we'd take the troop up. It was like my dad never really been in the woods before, you know. He's <laughs> like, all right, hey, little, little, little cats, let's, let's sit up here, you know, and just make a campfire. And like we'd just be in some farmer's field in northern Minnesota, you know. Hey, how we doing? Everybody go to sleep now. You know, I mean, he, he what's didn't... the story about the big campfire? Oh, yeah. We went out once because yeah, it was a lot of like, you know, kind of car camping or like you <laughs> – park and then you walk just a little ways and there's a camp area with like a group campsite where we all put up our tents and and my dad it was kind of cold because it was like april or something in minnesota so it was getting cold and so my dad and the other couple dads that were there were like we gotta make a big fire so my dad gathered all of this wood that was just around like old pallety stuff and also firewood and just kept throwing it on the fire like man we gotta keep these warm you know and and the fire got so huge that, like, I don't know, two, I don't know, whatever, far away, there was, like, a farmer's rooster that saw it and started to, like, cock-a-doodle-do at, like, 10 o'clock at night because I thought <laughs> the sun was coming up. <laughs> My dad had built, like, the kind of fire that, like, pagans have when they want to burn somebody, you know? <laughs> I mean, in my childhood memory, it was, like, 40 feet tall and just huge. And, like, we couldn't be anywhere near it. It was like a fire, and we're all yelling at each other, like, how you doing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Just like a giant pyre for Garbage burning fire. goats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the sort of – and my, my, my dad in particular was always kind of like, yeah, you want to go camping. But, um, were you but in they Boy weren't Scouts? into it. Either I was in Cub Scouts. Were you in Boy Scouts? I was yeah. in Cub Scouts, and it was utterly and totally useless. We didn't even go outside. Oh, I, we went outside once, and that was to r- run in the, uh, the field – that at the school <laughs> we went to run around and catch so birds. We would. It was at the elementary school, so I'd leave school and then have to go back. And did we'd you sit. have to dress up as the Cub Scout that day at school with the sash? No, not the day, but in the evening we would wear the stupid crap, and then we would stay. <laughs> we would stay in the it's multi-purpose called, called the room the whole time, indoors and do crafts. Tie knots. Do no, crafts. not even that. Oh no! We'd make Christmas ornaments. <laughs> I think you were in. I think you were in. Sounds like you weren't in Cub Scouts. It actually sounds like maybe you were working for some multinational yeah. corporation. Actually, was there like a guy going, "Come on, we got these got to be on the streets of Hong Kong were you by Friday." Sneakers? Yeah. We didn't do a damn thing. Did you walk like in Kmart and be like, "I think I made that ornament"? <laughs> 
We, we, uh, I have a similar, well, I had Cub Scouts. I did Cub Scouts. We used to have to wear it because the meeting was like right after With school. The kerchief and the sash and so everything. So I remember wearing Were the Cub Scouts. Were you a below? No, I was just a Cub Scout. Yeah. I don't even know if Weeblos are around then. Bear anyway. and Wolf and Weeblow. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. yeah, right. So I was a Cub Scout. And then, uh, and then I, then I joined the Boy Scouts at one point and it was Whoa. kind of the lamest Boy Scout troop ever. My dad advanced way far in the Boy Scouts. I don't think he made Eagle Scout, but like maybe one step below. Hmm. But he like was in Boy Scouts Falcon. for a long time and thought it was really good. And you know, and it is really good. Boy Scouts is really cool. Yeah. And if you talk to people who like go to Eagle Scouts, like they do awesome, awesome projects. Stuff. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. But we had this really pretty lame troop. And remember, we went on one. We went on one. You know, it's the same thing with you. We just met indoors. Mm-hmm. And like in the multi-purpose room, yeah, we worked on merit badges, which is all right, and we never camped, right? Finally, we go on a camping trip, and they decided we were going on a twenty-five mile uh, biking trip. Wow! To this, um, you know, campgrounds, and in New England, you know, you go twenty-five miles, you're in seventeen different towns. You yeah, know? like three states. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but it was Massachusetts somewhere. I don't know. It's West Massachusetts. We we biked out to. But, you know, it was this classic that we all had 10 speeds back then. I had my Raleigh Grand Prix, you know, 10 speed. And it started pouring that morning and never, oh, ever stopped the entire day. I mean, like pouring, downpour, pouring rain. Couldn't get a fire going that night. Wow. Miserable. Miserable. Just wet. You're just like, I don't want to go camping ever again. Wet. Missed wet. the multipurpose room. Wet, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Man. And uh, then hauled our wet asses back the next day, biked another, you know, 15 miles back or whatever it was. Wow. And that yeah, was the one camping trip of, we took. Like, Cub Scouts, we did, especially in the summer, we would do, like, camping trips. And I think I even went to, like, a Cub Scout camp for, like, a week. Oh, yeah? It makes it look. Yeah, you know, like, like, like a week away. What do they call it? A juggalo? No, jamboree. Jamboree. <laughs> not juggalos. a juggalo, man. That's, <laughs> they were next door in the other campground. And that was a weird the interaction. The gathering of yeah. juggalos is next door. So, I mean, it was a it great. Jamboree. Like, you went to a jamboree. Yeah, the full thing. We used to, and it was great because it was, like, another thing. But the thing I remember the thing I remember about Cub Scouts is they had us do, like, uh, you know, going door to door to sell stuff to raise money. And oh, the yeah. And two things I remember doing. You know, Girl Scouts have cookies, obviously, classically. And everybody wants those. Gift wrap? No, oh. not even. I wish. Oh. Light bulbs. Yes. Oh. One was light bulbs. Light bulbs. Walking around <laughs> with packs of light bulbs. <laughs> hey. Hawking light bulbs. Yeah. Hey, sir. Literally knocking on the door. Hi, I'm with Troop 793. We're selling light bulbs. Everyone needs light bulbs. Do you need any 60-watt light bulbs? I also have 100-watt light bulbs. Four pack for $5.99. $90. Yeah. And then the other one was firewood. Oh God! In That's the suburbs. heavy for a kid. Well, we didn't. The firewood we walked around and like took orders and then delivered it. But it was like the suburbs, and like no one had. Was everybody... it in the summer? Yeah, it was in the summer. Well, it was definitely not in the winter. But nobody had a fireplace in my no, neighborhood. Right. Nobody. Everyone had a furnace. <laughs> right. Nobody had a fireplace. Nobody firewood, had firewood. Right. Nobody had a fire pit even. Really, there was like one guy on the street who had a fire pit in his yard. Did he buy any? But it wasn't kind of like now. There's like those fire pits you buy at home despot yeah. or whatever, and you you know there wasn't even really a lot of that. As I remember, people just in their house with their furnaces, and no one wanted a fire. <laughs> no. So you just. Like, you'd literally see the look of, like, oh, this poor kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll buy a bundle of firewood. <laughs> then you show up, and they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, put it in the just, garbage. Just, can, you, 
<laughs> stick it over there and you just like throw it in their little juniper bush and it just sit there for five it was like the kid down the house down the street so you just see that firewood and five years later sitting in the juniper bush it became a nice spider house yeah, yeah I mean in a way the guys if you just give us ten bucks he would have been happier I think. yeah right can you just keep it yeah ten bucks at fifteen if I don't have to yeah, take right. your firewood yeah yeah light bulbs and uh, fire did you sell light bulbs too no my school really pushed us to sell chocolate bars oh no. So we do this every year, maybe twice a year. For like the for what the sports uh, some for field books trip. Or, or, I don't know what the hell it was for. Just to keep the school school open. budget. Yeah, keep yeah, the I mean, you know, machine going yeah. for Vice Principal McCursky's salary. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Old man McCursky. And I didn't know I could opt out of it. So for years I did this thing, but most of the time I just ended up buying the whole box. Did you buy it? Because mm. I didn't feel like going out and selling. Yeah, the crap. and plus then you get the chocolate. And I just ended up with a bunch of chocolate. <laughs> Shove. And Shove. my parents would pay for it. Yeah. It's an off-told tale, I'm sure. Yeah. So the whole school had diabetes. <laughs> the sugars. <laughs> the sh- case of the sugars going around there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, tales of woe there. Tales of sadness. Childhood Lou, tales of sadness Lou, by the way, your sale, dog has some woe. of the loudest mouth breathing. Was that your dog I heard? Mm-hmm. Mouth breathing, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. She doesn't do that often. A mouth breather. She's so little. No bus. <laughs> Studio dog here. Studio dog. Bridge dog from, from nowhere. Yeah, and I and I chase it off. You I chased off the bear. I didn't. I didn't chase it. I just yelled, I yelled at, at it. it, and it took off. So bears are acting weird lately. So then I thought. Twenty minutes later, I thought maybe it had some garbage. I'll take a look. So I go. It's kind of bushy. I mean, you can see well, but there's a lot of brush. I didn't see any garbage because sometimes they drag it back there. There's a kind of a game trail that goes between the houses. And I get back and I, I look because the noceums are pretty bad. And I always look before I go in because the noceums, and I see these two things on near my elbow. Crawling up? Crawling. Yeah. But and you I couldn't thought, couldn't feel them though, could you? No. Yeah. Those look like ticks because I've seen ticks yeah. before living Elsewhere They're and big or little, they were they were small. They're smaller than small anything I've ever seen. So I grabbed them and I put them in rubbing alcohol. Nice. And they definitely have four 
I mean, eight, eight legs. legs. They're definitely an arachnid of some mm. sort. I don't know if it's a mite of some sort or a tick. What color were they? Black or red? Black. Or, huh? That's a bummer. Eight ticks. That's so, a bummer of a story. That's that's a that's a really so I'm gonna important in, story in Juno because they've send never been here the, before. Uh, I'm going to call. There's an email address you could send. And oh, so you just number. let them? You just let them lodge in? You just keeping them? Well, I want to see if they engorge <laughs> to see if they are a tick. Mm, <laughs> it's only one way no, to I threw tell. No, alcohol, and I'm going to see if the state wants them. They'll, but I want to borrow the uh, microscope. Oh yeah, we've got it. Take house. a look at them. Yeah, totally. Gross. You get it tonight if you want. <sighs> Although maybe not yeah. tonight. Jen's in like crazy mode. Can I bring it tomorrow? Sure. Okay. I hate ticks. Ticks are the worst. Uh, oh, I hate them. First there was there was oh. a few of them in that you'd get every now and then in New England, but North Carolina, where I spent a lot of summers. That's where there was a lot of ticks. Oh man, you had to do the inspection. Oh yeah, Minnesota too, All totally. That. And they'd get in the little, cre- they'd get in the most awkward crevices you can possibly imagine. Mm. And that's what they like hanging out. Awkward crevice. Oh, awkward crevice tick. It's like the name of one of the species. Yeah, no. First <laughs> the time, awkward uh, crevice tick. <laughs> one of the first times Jen came back to Minnesota with me, we went to a state park and went like hiking all day, and it was fun. And then we got home, and I was like, we got to do the. The check now, and she had never done that before, really. I mean, not not in that kind of way. And yeah, we had like three on me, and she had like four on her, and Whoa. yeah, terrible. I actually we found like them and got rid of them and everything. And then I was laying down to go to sleep, and there was a tick. And then once in Minnesota, these little red, mm-hmm. bright red things, and uh, and there was a tick crawling in an inopportune area. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. not a place you want a tick. No, or do and, you? What's that? Or, or maybe you do. Maybe you do. Well, not not if you've got a lady in your life. <laughs> and I was just laying there, and I was like, ah, 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 and I just flicked it off, and I don't, it's just probably still in the house somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> but Jen did not care for that. She did not like that there were ticks. It no. bothered her a lot. Yeah. She's uh, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle and Southern California. So, so some ticks, like she spilled uh, ticks off her dog all the time yeah, in Southern California, but right. not like a big... Not a part of her life really as a kid. Not that much. I do think I think it's the deer explosion. Yeah. I think that's what's going on with the rise in ticks. Why do you think there's more deer? Well, there's less predators and there's more lawns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's great habitat for them with the humans. Yeah. So every time they clear out a forest and put in a golf course or whatever, that or put in just lawns, just suburbs. Suburbs is amazing habitat for deer. Now, if we get winter tick in Alaska, it might decimate the moose. moose. I've, and I've heard that moose are getting it in Alaska. Really? Because the northeast population of moose in the U.S., upper New York or whatever, New yeah. Hampshire, yeah, they're getting decimated by this thing. Yeah. So it'll bother the moose so badly that they'll scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch their fur off down to the skin and they turn into what they call ghost moose because they're so pale. I saw a picture of that recently. So yeah, I it looked like an was, albino moose. That was an Alaska yeah. moose. Yeah. So they was. saw that. These yeah. ticks, I read something that one moose could have 150,000 winter ticks. God, I'm so itchy right now. Can you feel yeah. it? I'm so itchy. It's, it's on your head. I know. Oh, it's on my scalp. Oh, I can I feel it on my scalp. There's one right in your jugular vein, just right engorged. Here, right up, oh. Oh, just up in your head. Oh, God. It's one of the nice things about having feel a lot it. of your hair fall out. Oh, yeah, my gosh. I don't like it up there. So if it comes to Alaska, we we may have a big problem because it's, it's warmer. It seems warmer than when I was a kid. Yeah, totally. I think it scientifically is warmer than I'm when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure it kid. is, and so yeah. we don't have the winters Science to kill them off as much. Yeah. Science? 
Science. Science. <laughs> Is in the science. past. The age of science is over. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's on its way out, man. The world is no longer ruled Get by with science. It, Andy. Science had a good run, but <laughs> you know, yeah. we just we learned we didn't need it. We just yeah. do what we want. Turns out we can just decide what's true and then act accordingly with no repercussions at all. That's fine. right. Yeah. Everything seems to be just fine. Certainly not in the short term. No, everything no. will be just fine. Except except for things like oh, I want the new vaccine. Oh yeah, that part of science I want. No. Yeah. Well, you know people I mean? don't even want that anymore, though. Well, sure, but I mean, like, uh, oh, I'm sick. Well, do you want uh, do you want an antibiotic? Yeah. Do you want the one that's developed to to actually? Do you want the one made ca- with science? Yeah. Do you want the one that's made with science? Which one do you want? Gatorade. People oh, I guess I want science now. Yeah. People also want science when they want like shelf shelf stable cheese. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. That's I want my want. cheese to just be able to sit for a year and I can gnaw off it. I want a fifty pound block. Even that's the that's the dark side of science. <laughs> yeah, but that's still science. Yeah. They've gone over to the dark side though. Fear. Fear leads oh, to anger. Man. Anger yeah. leads to hatred. Hatred leads to suffering and shelf stable cheese. Suffering leads to science. Suffering leads to science. <laughs> science. Well, uh, yeah. Ticks, man. Ugh. That's one of my favorite things about living here. I know. Ticks. No creepy crawlies. In I think general. they're coming. They're coming, though. No snakes, either. No snakes. No, no nothing in the woods that's going to kill you that you can't see. No poison ivy or poison oak. Everything that's going to kill you in the woods in Alaska, you're going to see it coming. Except for, one of, them, except for one of them porcupines that drops from the trees. Crazy people. <laughs> you ever heard of that? <laughs> that's a thing that happens here. Not talked about a lot. I don't think it happens. The, li- the, the, the drop porcupine. <laughs> yes. It lies in wait in the upper branches. <laughs> and they eat flesh. Yeah. And then it just flies off. Like, wraps around your these, head. Enough with these succulent leaves and branches. I, I want flesh. Why don't I just eat that thing? <laughs> yeah. No creepy call. And you're right. Nothing Nothing that you can't see coming. Right? So, yeah. You know, growing Unless up. Unless the great white comes up more. The shark. Yeah. I guess, it's, they're, I guess here, they're coming huh? up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. They've always been here, right? A few. Unless the orcas they're, start eating but them. But they're like, coming up more and more because of the warm water. Yeah. Did you hear? Is it the, the orcas, orcas in Bering, eating them? Yeah. In South Africa, in South too. Africa. Yeah. Orcas have been eating just the liver. Ooh. So, like, dead great white sharks are washing up with just their liver removed. How can they not defend themselves? They're so big and mean. And they're not very nimble, though, I don't think. Not compared to an orca. Mm-hmm. Orca orcas, can turn on a dime, And man. orcas are way bigger. Yeah, and orcas are huge. I mean, great yeah. white sharks are big and impressive, but, you know. Straight line. And orcas work in a pack. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Orcas like velociraptors. Yeah. Shark stares at one. Why don't they attack people? And sharks people are not super smart. More. Yeah. What's that? Why don't they attack people? Orcas? Yeah. I think they like never do, right? No. God help but us all not, if they ever we're do. We're not so different than a small As far as I know, there's never been a human or orca something, fatality. you know, splashing around. Why, why wouldn't they just... That's why great whites attack surfers so much. Mm-hmm. They, the profile when they look up looks like a looks like I've a seal. Heard that like it's actually because orcas are smart enough to tell the difference and be like, well, that's nothing. Like, what but am I going to do nothing. with that thing? They yeah, but I mean, like, we're all yeah, just, we're just we're just moist and full of flesh. You know, I mean, but we're not as full of flesh as like a seal or a sea lion or a or a porpoise. Or but a, I mean, that's comparative. You would think that there'd got to be an orca at some point that's like, well, I'm pretty hungry. What the heck? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they eat the bigger prey until the bigger prey is gone. Like, there's that whole thing in the Bering Sea where they started eating sea otters after all the fur seals crashed. I mean, it's like I don't love saltines. I'd rather have another kind of cracker, yeah. but I'll eat a saltine. But only if it's, like, the last thing in your house. No, I'll eat it. Yeah. Well, yeah. orcas are smarter than any of us, too. Well, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I just got to think an orca is going to eat a saltine. I mean, you know, God help us all the day that they, <laughs> well, they exactly. decide. Yeah, because then we're just doomed. 
And I mean, yeah. what's stopping them? Nothing. I don't know. There's I've always nothing. wondered that. When you see them out there, yeah, nothing. They eat. They'll eat a. They could an capsize otter. any boat. They yeah. could do. They any could of eat it. any of us at any time they want. Yeah. There's nothing stopping them from eating us, and whenever <laughs> they want. We should all sit and watch the 1979 movie Orca with Orca. Richard Harris. By that the way, is the one, that is actually the one known case. That is the one known killing is when the orca killed Richard, <laughs> Richard Harris, Harris at the end. In the ice spoiler pool. alert, but it's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, we gave sorry. it away. Thirty-eight-year-old movie. Richard Harris he, does not make it out of that no. movie. I'll just let you know. But man, the man dies of death. I'll tell you oh, that. Yeah. He and that orca duel. On that ice flow. On that ice flow, but just that long journey. Yeah. He's like, come on! It's just Richard Harris at his most Irish. You know, come on, you old bastard! And he just leads him away from town. Because the orca is not going to leave the town alone until no. Richard Harris right, leaves. Right. Because Richard Harris killed its orca family. Yes. And well, even though he mended his ways and learned his lesson. The orca no, didn't care about that. The orca kept doing things to the town. The orca and the town mad. raged against Richard Harris and said, you have to leave because the orca is destroying our dock and ruining our harbor festivals. Orca's got it. it doesn't, <laughs> orca doesn't hate us. It hates you. No. And it hates him for good reason. Yeah. So Smart, Richard Harris like you just. said. Yeah, the last 40 minutes doing. of that movie is him just leaning out of his boat going, come on, and keeps going north. <laughs> but there's a lady involved. Yeah, I think so. That, right? that weirdly blue-eyed oh, lady. scientist lady, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was in some stuff in the 80s and 70s. I remember mm-hmm. her. I just remember how she looked. But she's in there wearing some sort of polar bear fleece. Do you remember that? I don't remember this. She was wearing some sort of a fur or something. I do not. I have no memory of this. Furkini? I don't Yeah, Furkini. <laughs> orca. It was a different... The 70s were all about that yeah, kind of thing. it was Orca 2. That might have been Orca 2, the Orkening. <laughs> the Orkening. This time it's personal. The Orkinator. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, thank God the Orcas don't... I mean, I have friends who've been on surfboards in Southeast Alaska and had Orcas, like, circle them and look wow. at them. And he, a friend, my buddy Don, told me this story about he was he was outside of Sitka, and him and his friend were on their surfboards, and there was a pot of orcas, like, off in the distance. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And all of a sudden, like, boom, they came over. And they both pulled out, like, pulled their feet out of the water and just kind of laid on their surfboards. And the orcas kind of swam around them. And my friend talked about how one of the big males, you know, the big males have that big dorsal fin, that big, big black triangle that comes out of the water. It swam so that its fin went between them. Whoa. And it completely, like, blocked out his view of his buddy. He's just laying there and just Finn goes by and he was happy to see his friend. And then they just left. And as he says it, like they were looking at us, like they were coming up and like, hey, what are you? And then just decided, eh, that's just the saltine. I got other stuff over here. I guess. Because they can sort of rather go for a Ritz. Yeah, because they can. I don't think they have a hard time like getting food. That's you know what I mean? Like I think the thing is like they're like, oh, I could just eat a sea lion whenever I want, you know, and what's a sea lion really going to do? Or a seal or whatever. So why would they yeah. eat us? But you also see they do go through these, like you've seen it on planet Earth and stuff. They go through remarkable going up on beaches to get yeah. seals and stuff. You know, they, yeah. do, they do go out of their way to get certain stuff. Yeah. It's probably just for fun. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that stuff is in, like, places where there isn't – I think that those places are kind of different from here where they – Maybe. So like abundant. So, there's so much abundant prey for them. I mean, here with – Porpoises and even whale calves and seals salmon. and sea lions and salmon. Salmon and, Yeah, runs. for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. Birds. I, I don't know. I might, yeah. Might, I might write it, you know, I'd rather eat a human maybe at some point. I'm really, I just, mean, I. Just to try it? Just, yeah. <laughs> Something new? It's exotic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? I don't usually eat human. 
No, try maybe it. We, maybe we taste awful. I mean, we're probably full of all kinds of bad Could be. chemicals But the, how do they stuff. know how we taste? Maybe we just smell awful? Are they smelling us? I don't know. I think they, people smell worse than anything, really. Probably. They, they, you know, they, spend, they swim past like a, a tour boat and they see everybody eating microwave hamburgers and they're like, we're not eating that. I bet they'd eat that microwave hamburger. I'm sure they would. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, the day will come, right? Yeah. There will be like a, there will be a, there'll be a reckoning. There'll be prey zero, right? Patient zero, right? Where like the orcas eat somebody one day, and then they're like, oh, well, there's these things are everywhere. Yeah, they're not, they're yeah. everywhere, and they're not bad. Yeah, they're not and, my favorite, and they're useless in the water. They're like these use, things are like, nothing. Yeah, it's like the buffet's open. They're in that aluminum gravy boat over there. Just knock that <laughs> thing over, and we're all set to go. Orcas. Orcas. Bridge from nowhere. That's it for today's episode. Thanks to our house band, Coolson. Thanks to Heather, Allie, and Jen for their continued support. Thanks to KTOO and Alaska Robotics for everything they do to make this podcast possible. And he, he ejected <laughs> like a, urine... Like a, like a toad. ...into his sweatpants, which then... Transferred to the bully. Sorry to my brother Chris for telling that story. Hope nobody calls him Mr. Peepee Pants. You can get more information about Bridge from Nowhere at bridgefromnowhere.com or you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and the other podcast services that are out there. And please do subscribe. If you download, subscribe. Somehow that helps. And that's it for this week. Lou, take it away. We've burned another bridge. Good finish.